What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. Facing a $360 million deficit, newly elected Mayor Sheng Tao has released her first budget of her administration, which she is legally required to do uh, May 1st of each year. Important to note that this $360 million deficit facing the city is the largest budget shortfall in the history of Oakland. Joining us to discuss the new budget are Reverend Jeremy J. McCants, a faith-rooted organizer for East Bay Alliance for a Sustainable Economy, or eBase. eBase is an organization committed to fighting for equitable and economic power in the Bay Area. Um, Pastor McCants is also a minister at the historic Allen Temple Baptist Church in Oakland. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, Kat. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us. Glad to have you on the show. I think it's your first time on Law and Disorder. Um, also joining us this morning is James Birch, Deputy Director for the Anti-Police Terror Project, an organization that seeks to end police violence in black and brown communities and in full transparency, of which I am a co-founder and the ED. Good morning, James. Good morning, Kat. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for getting up early in the morning to have this conversation with me. James, um, I actually want to start with you because yesterday we were definitely scurrying, right, to get the, the APTP response to the budget. And the first thing I wanted to do was blame Libby. Um, the first thing I wanted to do was blame Libby's legacy, right, which we still see all over the city of Oakland, including um, as we are dealing with the eviction of our Wood Street relatives, which actually we're going to talk about later and, and how that sits inside of budget priorities. But I thought um, maybe we'd start with you walking us through why we have a $360 million deficit and that is actually not Libby's fault. Mm. Right on. Um, uh, well, Kat, it, it, it is a bit <laughs> Libby's fault. <laughs> oh, yay. And so, Do tell. As, right on. Well, so what has happened in the city of Oakland is, is, is over Libby's tenure, uh, she put uh, essentially uh, all available dollars in our general fund into the Oakland Police Department. Uh, and while doing that, she allowed virtually all other city departments to uh, – she cut those departments, and she also allowed them to build up a large amount of vacancies. And by that, I mean, for instance, in an apartment like the Department of Transportation, uh, uh, large amounts of the roles that were budgeted to uh, by the city of Oakland were not filled year after year um, for the entirety of her tenure. So – uh, when Sheng Tao takes office, when Mayor Tao takes office, um, she's in a situation where virtually every department is underfunded, virtually every department is understaffed, uh, and we have a incredibly bloated police department that sucks up, you know, 300 to 350 million dollars a year. And then to make matters worse, right? Uh, over the last several years since COVID hit, we've been receiving $75 million annually from the federal government to uh, to, kind of to, to help the city of Oakland stay afloat. Um, that money we are no longer receiving, right? So the combination of those factors uh, leads us into this budget situation where, where Shang Tao really, or Mayor Tao really had a, 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 um, a, a tight uh, and narrow path to walk to cut so many dollars out of uh, uh, an already strapped budget. Pastor McKenzie, I want to turn to you and ask you, what do you pull out? What are your top line uh, threads that you're pulling out of the budget proposed by Mayor Tao? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and good morning again, and thank you for having me. This is my first time, so uh, the nerves are, are going, and, and radio always feels the difference, um, even though folks can't visually see you, right? <laughs> but thank you so I'll much. I'll be nice, uh, I promise. <laughs> You'll be nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I think for us, um, and, you know, just to uh, my colleague's point, um, on the flip side of that, um, right, is is just the lack of morality and the lack of, you know, my, my word – um, personally and within my organizing work has been the restoration of human dignity. Um, and so what we're really, really pulling out, same as uh, APTP, um, is definitely around public safety and how she's um, or how she is, you know, budgeting around that with, you know, taking from that and, and really, um, you know, adding to community-led approaches such as APTP. Um, that is definitely one of the, you know, highlights that we are pulling, as well as workers' rights, right? That is what eBay is known for um, and stands on. Uh, so, you know, with Oakland workers who have historically seen wage increases that have not kept up with the cost of living, uh, from major industry shifts that have not directed workers of color, black folks, into wealth-building careers, um, we really want to uplift um, our, you know, the dignity of all work and, and really, you know, um, retelling the narrative, you know, reclaiming the pen to say that all work is valuable and that all work um, is, is a mean of dignity and is sacred and is valuable. So public safety, uh, workers' rights, uh, good jobs, save lives, and as well as housing are, you know, the top three main threads uh, that we are pulling out of this. James Birch, there's a People's Budget Coalition, correct? And does this budget line up with those priorities? Uh, absolutely. There's a, a People's Budget, and uh, uh, APTP has been working closely with eBase and a large number of community and labor partners to try to make sure that uh, our dollars are in this tight budget allocated in a way uh, that, as the pastor said, uh, um, uh, restores dignity to our workforce that has been uh, strapped and underfunded for years. And so uh, what the People's Budget and the People's Budget Coalition are fighting for, as we said, are to make sure that in this time when uh, immense cuts are being delivered, that those cuts come from where we know, uh, from, from where all the fat is, right, which is the police department. So in this budget, when we see the police allocation from the general fund uh, growing by $37 million, but we see the general fund allocations from workplace and employment standards, violence prevention, libraries, public works, and economic and workforce development uh, decreasing, right? Those budgets shrinking, you know, that, that seems out of whack for us, right? We know that the budgets for uh, our, our Oakland libraries are, are too small. We know that we cannot afford to cut. I believe the cut to Oakland's violence prevention department is more than 10 million over two years, right? And we already know how, how small the Department of Violence Prevention is uh, in general. And so receiving what seems to be, you know, again, this is this is, came out yesterday, so please forgive if the numbers aren't entirely accurate. We have like a 20% cut to Department of Violence Prevention uh, and, and workplace and employment standards receiving a 5% cut. We can't afford to do that, right? And so times are tight, money's tight, but the money just has to come from the police department uh, and, and folks across uh, the People's Budget Coalition are clear that's the only place where money is available to be cut uh, in, in this time of crisis. 
James, walk, walk this through because I, when I was actually just, we talked, you and I talked about this yesterday and I, I was just talking about with, with my colleague Brian Edwards Teaker, the, the police budget has gone up. They're, they're going to say they were defunded. They're going to say they were defunded because of a, a, a pretty big move, this proposal to civilianize internal affairs, right, and, and shuffle 16 officers elsewhere. But then there's also, can you walk us through what's happening with FTE and uh, positions inside of the department as, as proposed in the budget? And, and how that leads to an increase of just of $37 million, just $1 million short of what they got in the last budget cycle, and yet claim they were defunded. Right. Well, a, a couple of things are happening. The mayor's budget proposes to civilianize the 16 internal affairs positions, right? And it does so by creating 16 new positions in the Civilian Police Review Agency, right? So 16 new civilian positions to effectually move that department into the civilian police review agency under the police commission, right? But those 16 cops who were formerly in internal affairs, actually they can't be, we can't, they can't be laid off and they can't be cut uh, because of collective bargaining, right? So they're assigned to other police activities, right? And, and, and ultimately the cost savings are accrued where, because uh, moving those 16 positions out of the police department uh, uh, avoids the overtime exploitation that occurs in those positions. Uh, and when those cops retire that were moved out of IA, um, those, they're not replaced because they're no longer slotted a position within the department. Right. And so, so those 16 positions are, will eventually be removed from the police department. Right. Uh, uh, um, unfortunately due to, uh, the incredible bargaining strength of the OPOA, uh, and the several contract negotiations, one that happened last year and one that happened, I believe, in, uh, I don't want to misstate the year, but but within uh, Libby's tenure uh, before uh, Councilmember Fife took office, um, that even though they're they're technically cutting, uh, but they're, they're, tech, they're, they're phasing out several positions within IA, uh, salaries have increased so dramatically uh, that the budget still goes up. And I really, we really need to focus on that in the city of Oakland. Right. Folks aren't uh, clued into the fact that we have a, a huge crisis due to the uh, failure to rein in OPOA contract negotiations. Right. The salaries are out of control. And so even though we've reduced overtime spending by 25 uh, percent and reduced it again in this budget by, I believe, 15 percent, the allotted hours. Right. So, so so a significant amount in the last two cycles. And we're removing these positions from uh, from from IA. Um, the, 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 the salaries have increased so dramatically that they, um, that they kind of, the, the, that, that all of our cost savings are, are overwhelmed by the, the dramatic increases in how much money police officers are receiving, right? It, it needs to be addressed and it needs to be addressed immediately because we literally can't afford to be paying cops, you know, uh, $150,000 in salary and then $150,000 in overtime, you know that cost the city three hundred thousand plus another one hundred and twenty in benefits. Cost the city four hundred twenty to four hundred fifty thousand dollars for nearly every sergeant, right? And I can go through all the line items. I don't want to, you know, belabor the point, but we really cannot afford to be spending our dollars like this. In addition to cutting, the city also needs to generate new revenue. Um, Pastor McCann, the voters did pass a progressive business tax. Can you remind folks what that is and how it may help address this massive gap um, that Oakland is facing right now? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, that, I think that was definitely a big um, 
big piece of legislation, the progressive um, uh, tax um, that kind of helps to fortify, right, or at least tries to help fortify uh, the middle class. And I believe, uh, yeah, again, forgive me for, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, not having all the, the, the data since it was just released yesterday, but I know that one of, I believe, Mayor Tao's colleagues talked about um, the notion that we've got to grow the, the tax base, right? Uh, that we've got to grow that piece of the pie. We have to talk about that, you know, as they all in the chamber, um, because it is essential for continued economic sustainability. Um, and so, you know, and, and and that is the conversation. Excuse me, even on the national, you know, on the national scale. Um, so yeah, uh, the progressive uh, tax um, really is a way to help fortify the middle class. Um, and I think specifically for me, the way I've read it is that it, it just tries to um, lay the foundation for small businesses to to really reemerge and be and be the light and the life of the city, you know. And to be transparent, I am a transplant. Um, I'm originally from Georgia and have been, you know, in Oakland for the past five years. And, you know, as I've, you know, kind of e- immersed myself into the Oakland culture and, you know, at times I, I feel like I can say that I'm rooted, um, but I know I still got a little ways to go. Um, but to hear the stories of, of you know, what Oakland's Black Wall Street used to look like and, and how East Oakland used to be this hub of Black-owned businesses, and, and it was thriving, right? Um, and to see how that was just slowly depleted over the years. Um, and, you know, as, you know, I try to bring a moral framework and lens to this conversation, you know, it just reminds me of the fact that um, we have to, as the, the good people, right, those who are fighting for the good, the light, the love, and justice, you know, that um, we've lost the ability to be patient at times. And, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, the the oppressors don't need everything to happen tomorrow, right? I think when you're doing this work and you're doing this work for so long, you you want immediate results and you need, you know, these immediate victories. But, you know, the, 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 the strategy of the oppressor is, you know, they're able to still be the dominant culture because of what they, <laughs> what their ancestors did years and years ago, right? Um, so if I think, if, you know, um, just to kind of tie it into the progressive tax, it's, it's almost a way that we can try to start, you know, setting up future generations um, and to reestablish what we've lost in regards to our, you know, black and brown communities and how we were, you know, self, you know, self-sufficient and thriving, you know, you know, um, at, during the heat um, and during the heart of, you know, um, or the heyday, if you will of, you know, the Oakland community and and elsewhere. James, our last question to you. The last time that we were in a budget conversation with um, Shang Tao, she was a city council person, and there was um, up for debate this idea of police academies, six of them. At first, she said that she was not going to support them, and then she made a decision to support them. Big fight between APTP and then Council Member Tao. She has held on to these six academies. Why is that problematic? I mean, in addition to the obvious answer. <laughs> How is that not justified with the civilianization of positions? A couple of things. One, uh, academies are, are incredibly expensive. They cost uh, millions of dollars apiece. Uh, second, um, a large number of the uh, recruits who go into these police academies wash out and they never make it through. So, so we're paying to train folks who ultimately uh, 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 with, a, with a miserable success rate. Uh, and then... 
um, I feel like I buried the lead here. Uh, when it comes to to the police, when it comes to police spending in this current budget situation, Mayor Tao only has two choices to save money when it comes to police spending. Well, two substantial choices, right? Because the the major costs are the labor costs of policing, right? And so because she can't lay off or cut cops due to contract negotiations and Measure Z, right, what she's forced to do is to uh, civilianize positions, right, and uh, which will allow her to reduce overtime costs and what we had hoped uh, was also reduce the number of academies because we won't need to fill positions of retiring officers if the number of total officers needed within the department goes down, right? Those were the two levers available uh, to her uh, in our assessment to uh, address this budget crisis. And she needed to jam both of those levers just just to save Oakland financially, right? We can't afford all of the cuts that I described right, to the departments that I described. We can't afford cuts to economic and workforce development, to public works, to violence prevention, to workplace and employment standards, to, to our libraries, right? What is, the, what, is the, what is the purpose of all of the Measure U dollars that we have to spend, uh, Measure U that was just passed to spend on paving our roads and uh, uh, improving and, and implementing traffic calming if there aren't public works employees to do that work, right? We've been in that problem for the last for Libby's entire tenure. We have millions of dollars uh, 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 budgeted for road repairs already, right? The problem isn't dollars for road repairs. The, dollar, the problem is having workers who can do those repairs, right? And this budget does not set Oakland up to uh, uh, have a fully uh, functioning public works department and other fully functioning departments that we need for our city to thrive, right? We can't have the same uh, of the last eight years uh, especially as economic conditions have worsened, right? We need to be um, aggressively flooding our city with resources. And, and to do that in this budget cycle, the only way uh, was to take a, a, a very serious and sober look at our police department and to engage in cuts. And so while I know we need an audit to get more information about what's going on in the police department, there were several things uh, like cutting an academy, like uh, making sure to civilian to civilianize as many positions as is possible that we think could have been done that it appears haven't been done uh, to this point. Well, it is just a proposal. The fight is on and it should be some pretty spirited Oakland City Council meetings over the next month. I want to thank you both so much for joining me this morning. We've been speaking to Reverend Jeremy McCanns, a faith-rooted organizer for eBase and a pastor at the historic Allen Temple Baptist Church in Oakland. Also, James Birch, Deputy Director for the Anti-Police Terror Project. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at 
Law and Disorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.